I do try not to do that. Um, so what a plan? What are your plans for this weekend? So this weekend, I I think we're gonna go to the zoo um, with the family because we basically when you go into the zoo, it splits off to the left and to the right, mm-hmm. and we can never get beyond the left side. So today you're gonna go on the right side. Different approach. We're taking yes. the right side, and we are going to zoo. conquer. Your zoo must be bigger than mine. Must be. Because we, they have like a walking thing at mine. You go before it opens. You can walk the whole zoo lap and it's like a mile or so. Oh. A couple times a week I'll go do it and do like two or three laps. Mm. It's kind of nice. I get to see the sloth get fed. That's really dope. It is the cutest thing you have ever seen. It just crawls out to the end of its little limb, and then, like, the little zookeeper, or the little zookeeper, the zookeeper, like, just hand-feeds it, and it just slowly reaches out for each piece of fruit. And I was like, that is my favorite animal. No, it's adorable. I want one. You know how I've been working with Randy at RLP Mm -hmm. Entertainment, and so he's opened records, and he's getting ready to open publishing. Mm Mm-hmm. So he signed his first artist last night. Oh, nice. It was really cool to see that. I bet. Because I'd never seen that before for me either. And uh, <laughs> it was just for me. It was a cool experience. So he's a kid. He's probably about 19. And Randy signed him to a three-year deal, I think. So pretty interesting. So it was just very cool to see because I was the witness as they signed the contracts. That is cool. I had never experienced that before. I have, and then they kept my lyrics and never took me into the studio. Careful with your contracts, folks. Read the fine print. Not everybody's a Randy. That's true. If you're looking to look work with someone, you could give Randy a call. It's That's R-L-P, not right. Entertainment Management. Just look that up. Or shoot me a message and I'll send you an email because he's looking to sign he's looking to sign eight to ten artists before the end of the year. So yeah, and uh, go over and listen to that interview, and then all the links to his stuff will actually be in the description section as well. And you can download our interview too. That's awesome. So today we have I don't know if I can pronounce this name. Why? Why can't you just call him the serpents of? Oh, I, I feel like I can do this. Serpents of Pakhangba? 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 I just butchered that. Anyway, it's a really cool guitarist and uh, very, very talented based in India. It, it's a group that combines like world music with rock with some serious guitar solos. Just unbelievable. They do like a fusion of jazz, folk rock and indian music it's really cool it's it is really, really cool because cool. you'll hear instruments that you don't normally hear together like like when i think of a band i don't think of all the instruments he puts in there so i can't wait to to find out more about how he conceptualizes what he hears and how he Good morning, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I can't pronounce the name of your band without sounding like I'm super duper white and American. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? <laughs> okay, it's, it's called Serpents of Pahanda. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Uh, well, it's nice to have you here. How, I know you've been having rough weather out there. Did you get hit with the, the storm you were talking about? Are you guys still okay? Uh, I see India is a very large country, so it's like, uh, I come, I originally come from the northeast side of India. Over there, the situation was very bad. There were a lot of floods over there. There was so many loss of life and properties. And as usual, you know, it's, it happens every year. And the United States and India are no different. We have both the countries go through the same issues. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, uh, but I'm based in Bombay, which is like the other part of India. It's the, uh, the, the financial capital of, of India, basically Bombay. 
So we hear this. It's it's been raining nonstop for the past few days, but it's okay. It's not that bad. Like how low is that? Yeah, you guys aren't like losing power or flooding or anything. No, it's okay. uh, it's a big metropolitan, one of the top cities in India. So, well, that's so- good. You know, the one thing that I heard about India is that it's almost as big as Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's almost. Yes. Have you been to Texas? Texas? No, I no never been to Texas. But I have a bunch of friends from Texas. They came here every time they come to India. They come over and stay at my place, and they kept telling me about things. Oh, just uh, like I always ask one question: You're from Texas, buddy? Yeah. You must be knowing Pantera. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in. So b- before we launch into to the work that you do, you said something that was actually pretty interesting. So you make money writing jingles and like music for documentaries and stuff. How does one get that work? Uh, that's nice, Chris. Well, <clears throat> see, the thing is the... When you work as a musician, there are many categories of musician. What kind of musician you want to become? You want to be a touring musician, you know, writing your own songs, playing the songs, recording, uh, getting into a record label deal, and touring. I mean, that used to be a popular way of making money back in the 80s and 70s, the 90s, bro. But now things have changed, you know. Uh, so, uh, when I say compose music for jingles, it means it needs to be technically very good. I mean, you just can't be a, you know, like they say, musicians all about feeling. It's all about how you feel about music. Well, if you wanted to get into advertisements and like completely money-making side of music, it's mm-hmm. not just about heart and soul. It's also about being a little more intelligent. And the nature of, you know, communicating with people on how to get work. It's more or less like a corporate industry, but mm. much different. You just that you're an artist who is also functioning as a corporate. So that's how you get the job. So do you make, like, do you do uh, syncs for, like, Amazon? Or who do, you, who do you work for, like Netflix? Or who all are you working for? Who, who you got big jobs with that you can tell us about? So I have this company called Pago Studios, and I started this company around uh, 2017. So the idea was to, uh, it's, like a, it's like Uber services. You want to book a cab, whether in Texas or in New York or Los Angeles, you always use the same Uber app, and then you just uh, book it like that. You know, you want a cab, some, something similar. I started with Pago Studios, where... If you want music for a web series, for a documentary, or for an advertisement, Jenga, doesn't matter what it. I mean, you can connect with us. We have a specific team. We are like a team of 18 different sound engineers and designers, uh, 26 music composers, and uh, 10 music producers. So, Oh, wow. So you started your own company to do this. It's more or less like uh, we hire. I I mostly do the job of an HR person over here. So I do the music supervision and I take care of the main project. I mean, I take the projects from meetings and I ask them, what is your requirement? Like, there are specific requirements. Do you want a music track of one minute, of 30 seconds, of 10 seconds? How many versions of this track do you want? And how, for how long are you going to have the copyright for these songs? So all these things we, we get from agents, different agents production houses and agencies who deal with these uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime kind of clients. We don't deal with them directly. We go through the agent. So it sounds like you're a project manager. Is that an accurate statement? Right. Exactly. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Do you have an engineering degree too? I was supposed to become a doctor. My brother is an engineer. He runs a, uh, he works in a company. So, so yeah. you were supposed Anything. to become a doctor and you became a guitar player instead. Music like, has always been like that. Yeah, I was supposed to become a doctor, but then uh, I ran away from the medical institute. I got into fights with the seniors who were dragging me and I got them drunk and beat the shit out of them. And <laughs> before, <laughs> I, 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 
class coming up, I just ran away from the medical school. And a bunch of my friends, they called and asked, hey, hey, you know what? We, we formed a thrash metal band. We need a drummer. And I was like hardly 18 years old at that time. I said, okay. And these guys used to jam with my brother. So it sounds like fun. Uh, anyway, I'm, I was planning to run away from the city. So would you like to come to this city and join us? We have a bunch of shows and uh, we have to play some covers and some originals. But yeah, that's, that's how sudden jump from being a medical student to a thrash metal drummer. <laughs> so do you play like every instrument in your songs? I play the drums, I play the keys, I play the guitar, the bass, and vocal melody composition. I also do sing. So these are important. It's like if you want to handle a team, like that's what my father taught me when I was a kid. If you want to be a good leader, a good team leader, the first thing that you should know that if you have five people in your team and five people of different sets of skills, the first thing you should know, you should have the skills of all these five people by yourself. In case in the emergency somebody fails, you should be able to take it from there by yourself. But that was the only goal for me before forming any kind of band. I wanted to learn deeply about guitars. I want to learn about the drums, the keys, everything. And I think that that was the whole plan, that if I'm working as a band with a bunch of guys, then I should know exactly what's going on and what exactly are they saying. Like emotionally, technologically, technically, I should know what is happening in the band. That's, that's the only reason I became a multi-instrumentalist. Wow. So, so do you have to be good at every instrument, or do you just have to know how to... It entirely depends on you how much you, time do you give it to yourself. I mean, in my case, I started playing, my first instrument is drums. I started playing drums when I was six years old. And I come from a musician, musician's family, like from my mom's family. Is it your mom a singer? Into, yeah, she's a singer, that's right. She's also an Indian classical dancer, although she stopped doing that. So my mom's family, everyone are like musicians, they're known musicians. Like my grandma was a classical pianist and all my uncles from my mother's family are like into flamenco, jazz, blues, and uh, rock and roll and stuff like that. They used to teach uh, the kids in the, in the house. So that's where I discovered music. And it's, I mean, the music has always been there. From the school, I just go to my grandma's house and, you know, Listen to that first two, two years, I was only paying attention to listening to music. Like, I found a place, a sweet spot in the house that was a big house, like, very big house. But I found a sweet spot where I could hear one of my uncles playing uh, flamenco guitar. And in, in another room, uh, another uncle of mine is playing the percussions. And there's another room where my grandma is playing the piano. You know, three people, four people playing different cause different uh, things all together, but I found a space where they all sound very weird to my ears. And it sounded like, wow, it's, what the hell is this? It sounds eternal. It sounds, uh, doesn't sound like music to musicians, more like noise. But I really loved what I heard at that point of time. So my grandma was paying attention to me and she called me, what are you doing standing over there? I said, I could hear all of you guys at this, at this right, at this spot. And it sounds very strange, something I've never heard before. My grandma said, you're hearing a lot of noise. I said, that's not noise. It sounds like something I've heard before, but I can't explain. At that time, she told me that, okay, let me take you to the room and pick up one instrument. So I choose the drums. I've always been a competitive kid since I was uh, in the school. And, you know, learning something halfway was not my thing. If I learn something, I make sure I become a master of it. And it's for my own satisfaction. The competition was within me. If I can push myself to learn it properly instead of just learning for the sake of being a composer. What's your favorite instrument? Can you pick one? One that you like the most? Uh, it's always the drums. It's always the drums. What about the drums do you like so much? Eating them. Uh, Shut up, Brian. Eating them? Yeah, <laughs> you can say that. that. <laughs> no, the thing is, guitar I'm outnumbered. Players, I see how it is. 
<laughs> if you pay attention, rock guitar players, any kind of guitar players, are known for being lazy nature. But if you look at drummers, <laughs> the drummers are not lazy at all. They are always, you know, Isn't full it? of pure adrenaline. And that's, I think, when I, when I was hanging out with guitar players, when I was jamming with bands, and when I paid attention to the guitar players, I was looking at them, the, like the way they function, I was like, no, no, dude, I don't want to be like that. No. <laughs> so... When I play the drums, it's, it's kind of an exercise. You sweat a lot. You, you're giving a lot of control. You can, you know, the sounds of the drums and rhythm. Rhythm is very important in life. And considering the fact that I'm an Indian and in our traditional music, drums play a very important role. For me, it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, you know, dancing to your own beat. So that's the reason drums is always my favorite instrument. And guitar comes later. So are you saying you do not play drums like Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones? <laughs> if you ask me to play like ACDC, Back in Black, and Painkiller by Judas Priest, I can play both. Because that was my exercise. That's what my dad, he had given me this task. that You had to learn Painkiller by Judas Priest and Back in Black by ACDC. And I thought it's a piece of cake for me. But then the problem here was if I play Painkiller, after that, when I try to play ACDC Back in Black, automatically I want to play a lot of notes. And my dad keeps telling me, control your emotions. That's where you become the best musician. And if I start with Back in Black by ACDC, then I feel like more control. And when I switch on to Painkiller by Judas Priest, and I feel like I need to push myself to, play, to come up to that speed. So that was the biggest lesson for me. You should be able to play when you want to play, when you want to play a lot of notes. But if you don't want to play a lot of notes, you should be able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so who's your favorite drummer? Wow. That's interesting question. And you have to There's pick one. I would say Virgil Bonatti from Planet X. He's one of my favorite drummers because... He has control over his emotions when he plays instrument, which is the hardest thing for any musician or artist. Brent, do you have control over your emotions when you play? Um, Brent shows no emotion. He's like full sarcasm all the time. Sar- sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Okay. I, I get excited sometimes, and then it's just a race to the end of the song. See who can finish first. Well, you're getting right. older, so you should probably stop doing that. <laughs> that'll be that'll be what kills you. No, it's it's your, called your dying op- words are gonna be. I made it to the end of the song. No, that's funny. <laughs> I I make jokes when we play. I was like, all right, so we will play some songs very fast, and we need to see who gets to the end first. So that's your job to call out the winner. So anyway, <laughs> they all laugh. <laughs> they all laugh when I, <laughs> the crowd laughs. But then I actually call on one of them. How does mm-hmm. that go? They choose someone, and I give them a hard time about that. It doesn't really matter who they choose. Let's talk about how serpents got together. Uh, what process there was. Serpents, uh, serpents was uh, a jam project when it started back in around 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea was very simple. I, I wasn't very sure about starting serpents as a band. Because uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story, actually. I have found uh, this vocalist. Uh, she came all the way from uh, UK to India. And she was basically in the same city. And I met her through one of my friends. And uh, it was uh, a party. Like, people were like, just having fun. And this girl was in a corner. She was singing some of the vocal techniques, which are... Uh, Mike Patton from uh, Mr. Bongo sings those kind of vocal techniques. Mm-hmm. And I heard her singing, and, and she was randomly just singing up just for herself. And I paid attention. I just went closer to her and asked her, wait a minute, are you a vocalist? And she said, yeah, I am. But do you know what vocal techniques you're singing right now? Like she was doing uh, a lot of inner throat technique, the inhale sex. So all these kind of techniques I've heard from 
a woman doing that. So that was a surprise for me. And I just asked her, what are you doing tomorrow? She said, I'm not available for day. No. What about the band rehearsal? <laughs> You're like, no. What about rehearsal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not a bitch. So she was like, she was going through a heartbreak. That's why she came from UK to India. And she was half Indian, half British. So she said, yeah, sounds like a great idea. But you know what? I got kicked out from three bands. And I said, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so basically the funniest thing in that story, other than her going, I don't want to date you, <laughs> is, is the part when you go, Mike Patton of Mr. Bungle. Yeah. He's also with Faith No More. He was a vocalist of Faith No More. That's so funny. That's right. that song. It was also with Tomahawk as well. Yeah. That's how you say. Yeah. Phantomas. So back, so back to practice. Your practice space or your... So, yeah. So I call a few other musicians and this other friend of mine. Uh, his name is Fidel uh, Delaine Murillo. And he was really with Terry Bozio. So he learned a lot of techniques from Terry Bozio, Frank Zappa's ex-drummer. So he basically said, uh, like, that's how Fidel speaks. Like, bro, I'm totally on for this. You tell me when do you want to come? I says, we are doing the jam tomorrow. Oh, that's great. Means I have to take catch a flight. I'll come tomorrow and I'll do the jam. Which songs? I says, there's no song. We just don't know what to play. I'm going to put recorders, field recorders in the jam room, four different field recorders, and we'll keep that thing on record from morning till evening. We're just going to play, sit, talk, play, sit, talk, play, sit, talk. One person has to start with one pattern and the others have to follow. We don't know what's going to happen. We just have to see what happens. So that time, uh, this, uh, this girl, she was there and she was quite nervous, but I told her, you just be open and sing. Don't think about anything else. Just sing. And, and listen, look at each other, give an eye interaction, ear interaction, follow each other and improvise. That's it. No repetitions. And then there was bass player uh, called Manas Chaudhary. He was really amazing. One of the top session bass players in Bombay. And, uh, yeah, then there was one sitar player as well who was playing guitar, but he was pretty much confused in the entire set. So I was orchestrating the entire jam with hand signs and, like, you know, if I put the hands up, it means the tempo goes up. If I put the hands down, it means the tempo goes down. If I give a stop signal, it means we have to stop. So I was playing the guitar in the rehearsal. And we recorded the entire thing, and by morning... 10 a.m. we started, and we got done around uh, in 4 p.m. So that's a shitload of audio footage. And then I told these guys, let's take a break for one day, and we'll get back right after two days. So he said, okay, fine. Then uh, I heard the entire recording, and I was like, holy shit, that's what happens when it's like, uh, it's like an experiment where you've got some good results, you got some bad results, like there were some few sections where like, okay, this is very bad. This is sounding very bad. Okay, this section is sounding great. But that concept, that, that thought itself gave me an idea that, okay, we should start a band like this. And that was the first idea that we came up with. And because uh, I also wanted to include a lot of folk music from my tribal influences, that's where the name came from, Serpents of Pahangba. And that's how we started doing serious jams and recorded the entire band in the studio. So that was our first EP that we released in uh, 2019. There was only two songs. And they were just, they just happened. They weren't even. Yeah. But, you know, musicians are known for being, known, known for having mood swings, right? Overly emotional people doesn't have control over emotions. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how most artists are like. So it was, and you can't put extremely talented musicians like in one band lineup. That was like putting up different chemicals into one and you watch the explosion happen at times. So yeah, it was kind of hard to keep the lineup because everybody has their own ego and I wouldn't mention the names because personal issues, this and that, these are issues, 
So yeah, then I decided that it cannot be just a fixed line of band. It should be a band of different musicians, like for different seasons. It's like uh, first album can have this set of musicians. The second album can have different set of musicians because so they're like rotating. Was, yeah, no, I was like reading about Testament's history and then that structural uh, dinner's history. You know, if you go at that history and the lineup keeps changing in every album. And fortunately, I got in touch with somebody who's very close to Chuck and Paul from Cynic. Uh, if you remember, Jason Govell, uh, ex-guitarist of Cynic, was in India, and he was my guest for a few days. And I asked him, how did you guys manage to start Cynic and how that was functioning back in those days? So he gave me a lot of good thoughts and good ideas, like, you know, if you're an experimental composer, if you want to work, if you if your priority is the band and the songwriting and the tour, then sometimes it's not possible to stick to just one lineup because let's be very frank, we're living in a very complicated world now. We have seen the pandemics and the pandemics has pretty much destroyed uh, the mental health of many creative and artistic people. So keeping all these things in our mind uh, Serpents will became uh, a band with not exactly band, it's like a community. Whoever is available, whoever wants to come play songs with us, they're all ready. They can feel free, they feel free to join the band at any time. And if, say, drummer A is not available to tour with us, I'll get drummer B, who's also going to be a part of the songwriting. So that's what Serpents is now. So basically, you're saying that because of the music you play, you like to use a bunch of different artists. So my question is, is when you're in the studio, do you do do you use that same philosophy of pulling in different artists based off of the song you're doing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. Serpents of Pakamba has different styles of songs. Some songs are like very simple, uh, tribalistic chanting songs, like it's just one part going on, one thing going on for the next six minutes or five minutes. And some songs are very complicated, uh, no repetitions happening, a lot of uh, dissonance going on. So if I have to make a song which is very free jazz oriented, which is very just flying everywhere, a lot of improvisation, I would like to bring my friend Fidel Delan Morillo on the drums because his, his strength is he's an on-the-spot improviser because he studied body rich uh, a lot and his sense of improvisation is great. Now, if I have to work on a song which is more like a, a folk death metal song where the things are more planned structure but not improvisation, then I would rather like to get a drummer on the board who knows how to play with quick tracks and who knows how to come prepare, you know, learning the stop notations and come prepare in the studio and then I record him in that manner. So yeah, it depends on the songwriting and then whoever is involved. And if nobody's involved, then it's me playing the drums, me playing the guitars, me playing everything. Basically, the, the work, the show should not stop at all. Cool. That is very cool. You're very technical. Um, when I was listening to your stuff, the thing I really liked about it were the songs when you mixed, you fused tribal stuff with jazz, and then you had some like almost a a death metal thing going on in there too. It was really heavy. Um, I thought, and I can't remember what the name of the song was. There was one in specific that I kept listening to because I thought it was really good. But you do a good job of not only mixing the genres but bringing in the different instruments because you don't some of your songs you don't have typical instruments i mean you have the drums you have the bass the guitar but then you'll bring in something that sounds like a sitar or even one song it sounded like you know the thing that the australians play when they blow into it and it makes a sound that's right, that's right. you're talking about digidoo that's what yes, exactly those are cool <laughs> Yeah, that's what we used. That's what you heard in the song. I, I was wondering. I was Nailed like, it, Brent. <laughs> so the one that you heard in the song, it's an advanced version of Digidoo. It's called Digidoo Bone, which is like uh, made of PVC. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so it cha- it allows you to change the pitch of the instrument. So, so Digiju has one 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 note, right? So mm-hmm. Digiju Born, if you go through the Google search, it allows you to change the the, the pitch when you play it. Is it because you can change the length of it? That's right. It's like okay. smaller pipe, longer pipe, smaller pipe, longer pipe. <laughs> Almost like yeah. a trombone kind of thing, right? Right, right. Yeah. That's what she said. You're such a pervert. I'm sorry, y'all made that easy. <laughs> and you're no, all that, like bigger that, or small. Oh, go ahead. That's what I think is so cool about your music was when I was listening to it, I wasn't just hearing the standard quartet. You know what I'm saying? When I was listening yeah. to and even yeah. your live stuff, you had a bunch of different percussion instruments that wouldn't be necessarily grouped in the same songs. Like Santana has a particular percussion type you know who santana is right yeah but but if i i think if you were to play a santana song i would probably hear another type of drum to accentuate the congas or something like that that's what i think is cool about when you create stuff because you're just like okay here's a rule book fuck it and you throw (laughs) the rule book away and you just go for it and i love that about what you do yeah. Thank you very much. That's that is so nice of you. You paid attention. And your <laughs> vocalists, your vocalists man. are very good. They're just not they're like top notch, man. And the fact that you found that one that one vocalist at a party after you beat up the seniors is amazing. <laughs> that felt so wrong. There was three vocalists by the way. Yeah. I know, I know you use multiple vocalists. Because I can hear but the all of them are good. All yeah, of them they're are like, all badass. Thanks. I mean, they they are they are definitely uh, learning so much from these guys. It's amazing. Do you do any singing too? I do a little bit, but not much as a composer. Why because not? I have, I've, I don't want to do everything in the band. It looks bad. <laughs> 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 I would also like to bring one more point over here. Uh, when I choose to work with musicians, preferably I look for musicians who can play more than one instrument. Mm. So, like say uh, uh, Fidel uh, Fidel Dele Murillo. That's how I have to pronounce his name. Not for me, anyway. So Fidel is not just an amazing drummer, but he's also a very kick-ass bass player. Plays a lot of jazz funk, and he's also a very good guitar player, and he he's also a very good vocalist. So, what happens when you bring musicians who plays more than one instrument and also has some kind of a multi instrumentalist nature in them is it's easy to have a chemistry on, in the jam room. Like if I have to tell Fidel in the jam room that, bro, you need to bring down the tempo. You can make the blast beat, turn the blast beat up to 300 BPM, but the riff I'm playing, it will sound like shit if I play at 300 BPM. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? And he says, yeah, but you can play the same riff in tapping. Why do you want to play in a staccato? That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Why do you have to play staccato? You can play it on tapping. And it would sound great. <laughs> and also, see, that's where the guitar player mind came, right? So uh-huh. that helps in the jam. That's cool. That's very cool. So, so you do live studio recordings, and then you also do the the more traditional studio studio recordings where you do a multi track. I mean, multi track one at a time. That's like right. Build the song. So you do it both ways. That's cool. That's very cool. Let's talk about one of the songs you sent me. Let's talk about, you titled it in the thing, theme cover. The titles. Uh, SG theme is basically, you guys must have heard about the Squid Games that recently came oh. back. So Squid Games has a, they had a soundtrack theme and it's called Way Back Then. Which is like. So, so that's the melody, right. So. 
Uh, it is kind of strange because uh, I wasn't planning to make a, like a folk metal version of that melody. Uh, uh, the, the, the founder member of No Bunny Records, we are signed under them. And the CEO of the record label, Koshik, he's a good friend of mine. So he, we were talking about bands. We were talking about what kind of new bands are coming up. And all of a sudden, he brought this topic. Hey, did you, did you watch uh, Scoot Games? And it was, yeah, just a bit, a little bit. I was thinking uh, that's that track, uh, the soundtrack they have, which is very like a tribal uh Korean tribal soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Somebody could make a metal version of that. I said, oh, sounds like a good idea. And that's what exactly you heard. <laughs> that's the that's what you did. soundtrack it's like the band serpents of Pachimba composed the soundtrack for a short film and the, the film itself is called the silence of day which is still up there on youtube on nobody records youtube channel so the filmmaker uh niranjan he contacted me sometime back in 2018 and he basically said how about we do a collaboration i have made a film which is like a surreal experimental film which is which gonna which talks about what's gonna happen in the future to the things which are happening right now between us like science and human condition biological condition it's like a futuristic thing so he said uh, if you want to compose a song for that at first he said if you have any song I can use that I said no let me compose a song for this and that time uh, the song The Silence of Day was composed entirely as a soundtrack following the moving visuals of the film. Is the film called The Silence of Day? Yeah. And the oh, film okay. Called the Silence of Day.
So why don't you tell us a little bit about non-binary records that you're signed with? Well, these guys, non-binary uh, records, uh, I think they're, they're quite a new label. They started around 2018, if I'm not wrong. Uh, the guys uh, from this record label contacted me sometime back in 2020. And they said, uh, we just heard the first album that you guys have released. And we really want to sign you guys up. And if you're up for it, if you want to release new songs, we can talk about it. So I said, fine, who the hell asked an avant garde metal band? To get signed up in these days. You're like, so, yes. <laughs> yeah. I the said, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The answer oh. is yes. And then, yeah. And I asked him, and, 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 uh, and the, uh, the, the CEO of No Bunny Records, uh, I know him since, since 10 years actually. And he was one of my uh, fans from my other band, Amok Symphony. At that time, he was a student. And he used to organize a lot of concerts and shows for. for independent bands and he used to manage some really great bands back then and he's also a lawyer so i definitely need somebody who can help me with the legal matters with the band and everything which is related to the legal things and uh these guys are quite smart and updated they come up with some revolutionary ideas regarding promotions and how to uh you know work on it like i said they are music lovers, but also they use a lot of ethics, they study, they research a lot. And I, and I like to work, I like to be in a company where people keep learning, keep exploring new things, you know, instead of doing the same old thing over and over again. And working with them and learning with them is still now, it's, it's, a, still now it's a great experience. And they had, you know, massive supporter for our band, so Serpents of Pachamba. So I discuss a lot of things, not just about like, you know, legal matters or something like that. I'm one of those musicians who I share the songs with them and ask them, what do you think about this song? They never say it's a good song or a bad song. They never speak like that. And I ask him, I need logical reviews on the song. So Kaushik, Kaushik is the like founder member of the record label. He comes up with things like, uh, sir, Song sounds great. I have one small pointer for you. Like what? The song should start, the chorus part should start immediately after 10 seconds. People are lazier these days. They have a habit of skipping song. So we should start the song a little early. But how? Why, what, would, what would happen if you do that? That will get you more plays. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> it's nice to have that feed, that backup. So sometimes you just start with the chorus. Yeah, sometimes you bang. You don't need an intro. Some, like, how, like how we had intros back in like, you know, in the 80s. Judas Priest used to not have interesting intros. And then sometimes we do need intros, yes. But sometimes we don't need intros. It's just that it needs a little more research. Like well, what exactly are we doing? You know what's cool is, is you can go into the studio and record it with the chorus at the beginning, but then when you play it live, you can draw out how you actually wanted to play it. And yes. people will know it's coming and they'll get excited. So that's the cool part about about Very being true. able to go in the studio and be able to play live. I follow you on Facebook and you give a lot of like advice and feedback and education um, from a producer's standpoint. Uh, to other musicians, what advice would you give a young songwriter right now? My advice would be quite simple. If you want to play, if you want to write your own songs, if you want to play, perform your own songs, and to an audience, and if you want to become popular, then never quit your job. <laughs> 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 Never quit your day job. That's what he recommends. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so find one you like. <laughs> or one that makes you not suicidal, anyway. That's one of the funniest I've ever heard. Don't quit your day job. That's funny. But you actually have a cool job where you actually get to work on music and 
and find places for music and write stuff for people. So you have a really cool day job when you're not doing uh, HR stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it was, uh, my dad asked me a question that if you do not want to become a doctor, what do you want to become? I said, I want to become a musician. And he said, that's a nice thought, but musicians don't survive. No, we don't. So then I asked him, what am I supposed to do? And he said, is music the only thing that you want to do in your life? I, I said, yeah, dad, that's what exactly I want to do. And he said, then you need to be the best in this field. Learn everything about, not just about writing songs, learn about music business, learn about how music journalism works, learn about record labels, learn about studios, learn everything, get into details, know in and out about this whole music thing. Then you can do your thing. You can make money out of it. So that's exactly what I've done. I mean, if you want to be, if you're passionate about doing something and playing music is the only thing, writing music is the only thing that you want to do, then I think nobody can stop you from making money out of it. So don't quit your day job. And if you want to do it, just do it. Because if you're passionate enough, you'll figure out how to make money. Right? Well, uh, making money is a different art. Making music is a different art. Not if you don't know how to make money, yeah. If, if you don't know how to make money, then just stick to your day, day job. And if you know how to make money, then yeah, you can definitely get into music business or whatever you want to do. There you go. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Sound Pollution. We appreciate you. Make sure you're downloading, like, follow, subscribe, click those links below, buy the artist music, show the artist some love. Uh, we are still oh, working on the tour. It is ever-changing, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. So just hang in there, and we are going to make it happen. And I think that's all I've got. Brent, you got anything to say? I just have one thing to say. Download it. That's what counts. Yeah, we don't always do the streams. Yeah, so anyway, if you could do that. And also, if you, like, comment on our on our stuff, that's helpful, too. You know, just comment on it, say this, or heart it, like it, share yeah. it, love it. But anyway, so, yeah, thank you for listening with us today and hanging out, and we'll be coming back to you soon. Yes. Very we soon. Are, we, are, we are there. We've got some cool interviews. We're... Yeah, we've got some great interviews coming up, and we've had some great interviews over the last couple months. So, all right, everybody, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to make some noise. Some noise.